Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 38. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. The NFL free agency has just started and the Patriots started off with a bang, making the most signings out of any team. They are not content with mediocrity. Bill Belichick is rebuilding this team. They are going to come back with a vengeance in 2021. The Bears signed Andy Dalton, continuing their mediocrity at the quarterback position. They wanted Russell Wilson, they wanted Deshaun Watson, they got Andy Dalton. Also, Drew Brees retires from the NFL after 20 seasons. Shout out to Drew Brees on an illustrious career. What's we'll touch on all his great achievements, all his great stats. And in the Champions League, Real Madrid beat Atalanta 3-1 in the second leg to advance to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Shout out to Real Madrid. We'll touch on the importance of Sergio Ramos to that team. All of this in this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. The Patriots finished last season with a 7-9 record. Very abysmal record for their standards after making the playoffs for like what seems like forever. They missed the playoffs in the first year that Tom Brady was not with them. And then they had to sit in their homes, sit in their couches, and watch Tom Brady lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a Super Bowl win in Tampa Bay. I know that that did not sit right with Bill Belichick. That did not sit right with Robert Kraft, the Robert Kraft family. Um, with anyone that is part of that Patriots organization that used to winning. And it shows their intentions. Their intentions are very clear. After this first few days of free agency, they have made the most key signings out of any team. Complete retool, rehaul of this roster. If I could just run down through all these transactions that they have made. John U. Smith signed him. Probably the second best tight end in the available. Wide receiver Nelson Agler, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, linebacker Matt Judon, the best tight end available, Hunter Henry. They traded with the Raiders for tackle Trent Brown. They signed cornerback Jalen Mills. They signed Henry Anderson. They signed Davon Gutchocks. And then Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung are returning. Also, Cam Newton is returning on a one-year deal to the Patriots. I think the Patriots are retooling. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 players that are going to be available to them this season that were not available to them last year, whether by trade, signing, or they're just returning from their opt-out because of COVID last year. The Patriots are coming, you guys. The Patriots are coming. Bill Belichick is a mastermind. We all know what he has accomplished in the NFL. He's the greatest coach of all time. McDaniels is one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, too. Second season with Cam Newton. Cam Newton's also should have another season, another offseason to recover from his um, bad shoulder, from all the injuries that have been nagging him the last couple of years. Um, he has said multiple times that he does not want to go out like um, like this like with the with the play, with missing. Two seasons ago, he missed almost the whole season. And then last year, he had a subpar play. He's going to come with a vengeance. I do expect a bounce back year from Cam Newton. And now the Patriots are able to go to their bread and butter. The two tight end sets, John New Smith and Hunter Henry, both of those tight ends are elite to like really good tight ends. Hunter Henry, I'm the most excited about Hunter Henry. I think uh, he his body frame, he's tall, he can run. He's shown a lot of promise with the Chargers. John New Smith also, he's made some spectacular catches for the Tennessee Titans. I'm very excited to see how they play 
they the, the Patriots are known for their two tight ends sets throughout the the history throughout these modern years where they've been very successful. Um, they're gonna be running um, those sets that they ran with uh, Aaron Hernandez and um, Gronk. I think Hunter Henry is more of that Gronk role, bigger body, more height. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be their main tight end. I think they'll use Jonu Smith more as a Aaron Hernandez player. They'll line him up in the backfield. Um, he might even get some carries. He'll play the tight end position. He'll play the fullback position. He'll be out wide. He'll do a bit of everything. Jonu Smith, he, he's an elite talent. I love Jonu Smith. Hunter Henry, he's going to be more of your tight end, more of your wide receiver. Just dominate people, find mismatches, find a shorter cornerback, find a shorter safety that you could expose. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, they're going to be nice nice wide receivers uh, in the outside. I know Cam Newton, uh, he, had, he had success with Olsen. I think uh, he'll have success with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. And Nelson Aguilar, he'll play almost a similar role as Ted Ginn Jr. played when he was with Carolina, just stretching the stretching the field, being that deep threat, um, keeping the defense honest, keeping the defense spread out. And all these all these other signings, they're just solid signings. Matt Judon, he's a great player, great defensive player. Trent Brown, he's a great tackle. Jalen Mills, serviceable cornerback. I think the Patriots are really retooling. They're going to have depth. Um, the defense has never been an issue. Bill Belichick is going to be able to coach up that defense. They're probably going to have another top 10 defense. I would not be surprised. I would be more surprised if they're not a top 10 defense. And this offense now has more weapons, more tools, more versatile players where they could really attack the defense in multiple, multiple ways. And like I said, I do expect the bounce back year from Cam Newton. Uh, the beginning of the season, he started really hot. It looked like he was going to have a great season. It, l- it looked like the Patriots were going to be one of the contenders in the AFC. And then he got COVID. He missed that Kansas City game, and he never really came back the same. It, it felt like his shoulder got worse. It felt like his mobility got worse. I don't know if uh, he had um, lingering effects from COVID or if he just regressed or he's still coming back from those injuries. Whatever it was, he did not look the same after he missed those games because of COVID. But now he gets a full offseason. He'll be a year or so removed from COVID by the time the next season starts. And I think he's just hungry. He's a hungry. He's a former MVP. He's used to being the face of the franchise. Carolina kind of ran him out of um, out of the Panthers. Um, it wasn't the best of endings there. So I'm, I know Cam Newton wants to prove to all his haters, to all his doubters, that he still has it. Or he at least wants to finish his career on a right note, he wants to prove it to himself that he's not just going to go out the NFL on, on a back door with no highlights, with no, you know, with no wow. He's a he's a wow player. And so far in the last two seasons, we haven't really talked about him in that category. He's not really a game changer, but I do think he still has it in him. And I'm very excited to see how he's able to lead the Patriots with these new players. Um, very excited. I like the Patriots. I don't really, I've never been a real Patriots supporter, but I respect what they do to always be relevant, to always have a competitive team. Bill Belichick, he's a mastermind. If you don't bet against Tom Brady, you also don't bet against Bill Belichick. And I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if the Patriots win the division again. We'll see what the Bills do. We'll see how Josh Allen um, continues to play this year, if he's able to build on this MVP candidate season. Or if they regress, if uh, they kind of fall back to earth a little bit. But the Patriots are going to be right there. These signings show 
their intentions. If I'm the Bills, I am worried. I got to make some moves. I got to keep growing. I got to keep progressing my players. My players got to keep training, got to keep getting better because the Patriots are coming. The Patriots are coming. Yeah, they didn't win the AFC last year, but they've had a stranglehold on the AFCs for what seems the better part of the last two decades. So we'll see how the Bills respond. We'll see how the um, Dolphins respond. They were coming up too. Um, we'll see. It's going to be a fun division. It's going to be a competitive division. Uh, I feel bad for the Jets. Uh, they've made a couple signings, but it just looks like they're so far away and these other teams around them are getting better and better. The Bills are nice. The Patriots are going to be nice. The Dolphins are going to be nice. I'm sorry for the Jets, but as far as the Patriots, they don't accept mediocrity and I could truly respect that. They're always trying to get better, looking to get better. And I could 100% respect that. I'm excited to see how many more moves they make this offseason and how they play next season. I'm very excited to see how this all turns out. And if they if they really turn the page, I would not be against uh, Patriots versus Buccaneers, Super Bowl, Brady versus Belichick. I would not be against that. That would be fun. I would truly enjoy watching that, especially as a free agent fan. I don't really have a team that I'm tied to the hip with. So... It's all about storylines, and that would be a great storyline. But changing topics, the Chicago Bears signed Andy Dalton after flirting with the idea of getting Russell Wilson, after flirting with the idea of getting Deshaun Watson. They have found their quarterback for next season. Andy Dalton signs from the Cowboys to the Bears on a one-year deal, $10 million, up to $13 million with incentives. They're saying he most likely will be their starter, but they're still in the market to hopefully attract Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, the Bears, I mean, um, the Texans or the Seahawks. Hopefully they work out a deal with them. But for the meantime, it does look like Andy Dalton will be the starter in the, for, the 21-21, for the 2021 season for the Chicago Bears. And I must just have to say that the Chicago Bears have the worst history of QBs ever. Recent history, too, their, worst, their best quarterback ever was probably Jay Cutler. And, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen Jay Cutler. Some of you might be too young. Um, but he was a pretty good quarterback. He wasn't terrible, but he had some terrible moments with the Bears. He was scrutinized a lot. Um, you know, didn't set, sat out on some playoff games. Didn't threw a bunch of interceptions. I remember he got destroyed by the Packers on Sunday Night Football in a massacre. It was just embarrassing. Um, a lot of the media outlets went off on him, including Stephen A. Smith. So for him to be your best quarterback of all time, or at least in recent history, it, it just goes to show how bad their quarterbacks have been. Um, and even with Ryan Pace taking over as their GM, he has not made the best of transactions. Uh, he traded up for Mitch Trubisky. He gave up a lot to move up to. And he turned out to be the worst quarterback or the first of the first-round quarterbacks. Passing on on Sean Watson, passing on on Patrick Mahomes. He chose Mitch Trubisky. Then he signed. Then he traded a fourth for Nick Foles. And Nick Foles turned out to be a bad experiment. It did not work at all last season. And uh, he also signed... Um, what's his name? He signed a quarterback from the Buccaneers. I'm forgetting his name right now. For $18 millions for one year. Um, so just a bad, a bad amount of signings for quarterbacks um the bears are just known for being bad at scouting quarterbacks at picking um talent oh mac mike lennon 
That, that was a quarterback that he signed. Mike Lennon for 18, 18 million for one year for Mike Lennon. Traded up for Trubisky. And he traded a fourth for Nick Foles. Now he signs Andy Dalton. None of these names really inspired confidence in the team, in the fan base. And since the Super Bowl era, the Bears have been the worst at almost every major statistical um, quarterback statistical category. They are last in pass yards per game. They are last in pass yards per attempt. They're last in pass touchdowns per game. They're last in touchdown to interception ratio. And they are also last in quarterback passer rating. So that's not a good thing. It's This is a trend that the Bears can't seem to get out of. They've had some great defenses. Even right now, they have a great defense. They've had some great defenses in the past with Brian Erlacher, um, Briggs. They just had a lot of great defenses, and now they have another one. And it just seems like their defenses just keep getting wasted and wasted and wasted because the offensive, the offense can't get it together. The quarterbacks can't get it together. They just can't get a good field general. And it seems like this this is more of the same. Um, Andy Dalton, by no means, is a terrible quarterback, but he is also by no means a top 10 quarterback, a franchise quarterback, a quarterback that's going to take you to the promised land. He's serviceable. He's an elite backup. He's a good starter. But he's not gonna he's not gonna flip he's not gonna turn the needle. He's not gonna make you from a mediocre team mediocre team to a contender. Um, he's just solid. I don't mean to bash on Andy Dalton. I've actually really enjoyed his career. I liked what he did with the Bengals. I think he did a solid job last year with the Cowboys with everything that was going on. And now he gets another one year deal. He gets to prove himself with the Bears. Um, I don't think there's too much pressure on him, especially when people wanted Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And for the Bears, that was always a pipe dream, especially with their long history of mediocre mediocre play from the quarterback position. It just seems like that was such a pipe dream. Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Um, I think Chicago fans do deserve it. They're one of the best fans. Uh, The Windy City playing in Soldier Field, would have been fun to see any of these great quarterbacks play there, call that stadium their home. But unfortunately for the Bears, for that Bears fan base, it is more of the same. The more things change, the more they stay the, the same. And it just seems like more more um, mediocre play from the quarterback position. So I'm sorry, Bear fans. Uh, I know you guys were hoping for Russell Wilson. I know you guys were hoping for Deshaun Watson. But as of right now, Wednesday... March 17, 2021, it is Andy Dalton. And also, Drew Brees has retired from the NFL after 20 seasons. I want to give a round of applause for Drew Brees on a great career. 20 years in the NFL. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. Um, he's now going to join NBC Sports as a football analyst. He's going to cover uh, Notre Dame. He's going to cover Sunday Night Football. So shout out to Drew Brees. Enjoy your retirement. Uh, I hope you're a good analyst, kind of like uh, Tony Romo. I, I like seeing quarterbacks' uh, perspective in the call because it, it really helps you analyze the game. So I'm excited to see Drew Brees with NBC Sports. I think they have one of the best teams, broadcast teams, so it'll be nice to see Drew Brees join them. But as far as his career, Drew Brees saved New Orleans from um, after Katrina they were down bad. They were struggling. It was a bad time for that city, for that franchise. That franchise had never won a Super Bowl. And Drew Brees 
dug him out of the dirt, dug him out of a bad natural disaster that was Katrina, and he took them to the promised land. He won them a Super Bowl, and he just made that city, that team relevant. And in the NFL, they became contenders. Even though a lot of the years they were like seven and nine and eight and eight, it was because of the defense. But they were breaking records, all-purpose yards, most yards in the season, all of that stuff. The Saints, as long as Drew Brees, since Drew Brees joined, and to this day, the Saints have been relevant in NFL circles. They're always talked about. They're always a preseason favorite, or they're always a preseason like you know candidate to go all the way to make the playoffs. And that's the Drew Brees effect. Before that, Saints fans were wearing paper bags over their head. They were sad. They were one of the worst franchises in the NFL. And now today in 2021, Drew Brees retires. The Saints are one of the most respected franchises in the NFL. One of the contenders year in and year out. Sean Payton and Drew Brees saved the Saints. They might not even be there still if it wasn't for Drew Brees and Sean Payton. So I just want to give a shout out to Drew Brees for all the great he's done in his career according to stat muse he retires as one of the best quarterbacks of all time the eye test was there and the statistics were there too he retires as number one on the all-time list in yards with eight eighty thousand three hundred fifty eight yards second on the all-time touchdown list with 571s first in completions with 700 7142 second in completion percentage with six at 67.7 and he has Five five thousand yard seasons. He's the only QB to have multiple seasons over five thousand yards. I mean, you don't need me to say it. the stats are there. He's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, first ballet Hall of Famer. Drew Brees, what an amazing career! Um, it's funny that him and Drew and uh, Philip Rivers retired the same year. Uh, Philip Rivers was his replacement in the San Diego Chargers once Drew Brees left, and now they both retire. And now Drew Brees is probably going to keep. If, if Philip Rivers, I believe Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. A lot of people think that he's not. I think he is. But because they're retiring the same year, I think Drew Brees gets in as a first first ballet Hall of Famer. I think uh, I think Philip Rivers is going to have to wait a little bit to get in. But regardless, Drew Brees, amazing career. Uh, it's a shame that the Saints couldn't put a good defense more often with him. It's a shame because there was a couple years where he was killing it in the NFL. He was going over 5,000 yards, over 40 touchdowns, and the defense was just terrible. The defense was just letting him down. They were, they were letting too many touchdowns go in on that side of the field, and the offense just couldn't make up for it. So there was a lot of times, especially in his prime, when Drew Brees was on his prime, I feel like the Saints kind of let him down on the defensive side. And it's also a shame that the last few years they've been so close and they just have not been able to get back to the Super Bowl, whether because of the Minneapolis miracle or, you know, the flag that did not get called against the Rams at home. It's just or losing to the Vikings last year or two years ago or Mason Rudolph could have been called for a push off, whatever it is. The Saints have gone out in excruciating fashion these last few years, and now losing to Tom Brady um, after sweeping them in the regular season, that's another terrible taste in his mouth. So tough way to go out for Drew Brees. I know he must have felt that he was close to his second ring these last four years, and he certainly was. The Saints were a lot of people's Super Bowl favorites. 
they're at least people's favorites to represent the NFC. But we never got to see it, and that's a shame for Drew Brees. But all in all, he gets a Super Bowl. He gets a lot of a lot of these records. A lot of these records might be taken over just because the way the NFL is moving right now, it's a passing league. Um, whether it's Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, or you know later on it'll be Patrick Mahomes. These these uh, records probably won't stand. Or even Tom Brady, he's probably going to take uh, some of these records if he keeps playing. But all in all, Drew Brees, amazing career for the stature that he came in. Second round pick for the Chargers. Um, the injury he sustained to his shoulder. It looked like he was never going to play in the NFL again. That Maybe no team's going to sign him in free agency. To the career that he had, it's just amazing. Um, perseverance by Drew Brees. Never giving up, always being there, always being ready to to play, fighting through broken ribs. He was a tough guy, and he was an ex-Charger when I was a Charger fan. So I do have a Drew Brees jersey, a throwback Drew Brees jersey. But Drew Brees, congratulations on a, on a beautiful career, on a great career. And I hope you enjoy retirement. I hope retirement is kind to you. And I wish you a lot of success as an NBC analyst. I look forward to hearing your calls. But enough of the NFL. Let's quickly transition to the Champions League. Yesterday, Tuesday, March 17th, Real Madrid played against Atalanta in the second leg. Real Madrid beat Atalanta 3-1 to advance to the Champions League quarterfinals. Um, Good performance by Real Madrid. All around solid performance. Atalanta didn't really bring a lot. Didn't really uh, ever question Real Madrid's ticket into the next round it all started at the beginning when uh atalanta gave up an easy pass to real madrid easy goal by benzema Modric stole the ball kept running laid it off to benzema benzema scores easy goal for real madrid one of the things i want to point out from that game is that vinicius looks dangerous he looks like he belongs in real madrid he looks like he could be one of the best dribblers in all of soccer, he looks like the Real Madrid jersey is not too big for him. He's not scared to take on players. The moment doesn't seem too big to him. He looks like he's going to be a star. He's still young. And then he gets to a point where he has to make a correct pass. He has to analyze if he should shoot or if he should pass. And he either makes the wrong decision or he makes the right decision. But the but the execution is terrible. And that continues to haunt Vinicius. And I am afraid that it's never going to get better. Because he really reminds me of Traoré. And Traoré was the same way. Traoré, I believe he's 24 years old or 25 now. And he he was the same way as Vinicius when he was 20. When he was 19. You saw all the talent. You saw all the physical. um, That he's this physical specimen. And you, you kept saying, you know what? Yeah, he he's a nice dribbler. He's quick. He gets into all the right spots, and he's he's not doing the right pass. He's not scoring. He's not shooting the best. And you kept saying that for Traoré when he was twenty, and then he was twenty-one, and you kept saying the same thing. Oh, he's but he's young. He's young. All right, and then he turned twenty-two, and it was the exact same way. Hey, great dribbler, super fast, can take on anyone, but just the last pass the last shot it's not there and then he turned 23 and then he turned 24 and i believe he's 25 now but the point is you keep saying 
that um, he's a great, yeah, he's 25 now. You keep saying that he's a great player, he's a great dribbler, and he just needs to work on his finishing. He needs to work on his last touch. But he's young. He's young, and he has time to grow. Where you're young, to you're not young. And I, I fear that that's going to be the same thing, the same faith for Vinicius, where he's a great dribbler. Um, he might not be as fast and as quick as Adama Traoré, but he's more shifty. Uh, the ball sticks to his foot nicer. Um, he has more feints and body movements and stepovers. So he does have that more than Traoré. Traoré obviously has unworldly speed and acceleration, and no one can beat him in a foot race. Vinicius is more tactical. He's uh, he's more uh, elusive. He's fancier with the ball in his foot. He, he gets you with these body feints, these stepovers. He's really entertaining to watch, but they're both the same when it comes to that last pass. Or maybe not even the last pass. Sometimes I even see Adama Traoré or Vinicius in a breakaway where it's like 3v2 or 3v3, and all you need for them to do is to make the correct pass. Maybe it's not the final pass, but you got to make a through pass, continue to run, and you and the other two players can make like crossing runs, or one goes through the front post, one goes through the back post, and that pass to the corner is just not with the right pace or it's too out wide and now the the player on the corner has to go chase the ball and it just kills this counterattack. I've seen that with Vinicius a lot. I've seen that with Rare. And my fear as a Real Madrid fan, as a fan of young players progressing and turning and fulfilling all their potential is that Vinicius is just this is who he is. He's a great dribbler. Um he could take on anyone. He he could lead your attack when it's just when you just ask him to take on someone. But when you ask him to be a part of an attacking system, when you ask him to, you know, make the right pass, make take the correct shot, open up your hips and finish correctly, uh, knowing when to shoot first time, knowing when to take the extra touch. Because there was another play last uh, this game yesterday against Atalanta where if he hits the first time, it's probably a goal. He takes a touch. He tries to shoot with the second touch. And his shot gets blocked. Uh, I just fear that that's, that's who Vinicius is. That's who he's been these last year or two that I've really seen him play. And, you know, he's young, but he's young till he's not young anymore. And I hope he trains in the offseason. I hope these Real Madrid coaches really teach him how to finish, really teach him how to finish plays, really teach him how to be a part of a counterattack and make the right decisions. I just hope I just hope my fears are not proved right. But enough of Vinicius. Um Sergio Ramos is the best defender of his generation. He proved it again yesterday. He he did not take a bad step all game. He scores another penalty. He's one of the best penalty takers in the world in the world of soccer. Um you can just tell the difference when Ramos plays with Sergio Ramos. He brings a calmness to the back line. He's a leader, he's a captain. His presence, just his presence alone calms everybody down um, I don't care how old he is I don't know I don't care if he's not as fast as he used to be he is smarter than ever he's more tactical than ever and his leadership has never ever been as high as it is right now so Sergio Ramos I'm so glad that you're back and with Sergio Ramos back and Asensio getting back on the scoreline so shout out to Asensio for getting 
getting back on the scoreline, scoring a goal, scoring in the Champions League. Um, I think Real Madrid could be a dark horse in the Champions League. I know they're second or third, probably third right now in La Liga. So they're they're trying to come back in La Liga. They're trying to be a threat in the Champions League. They're definitely not one of the favorites. Even though this is their tournament, they're the kings of Europe. Uh, they've won the most Champions League. They're definitely not the favorites this year. That's for Bayern and City and other teams that have better rosters or in better form. But Sergio Ramos coming back from injury to Real Madrid's starting lineup. Um, if Asensio could get hot, if he could start scoring goals again like he was before his terrible ACL entry. Benzema keeps scoring goals. Vinicius just needs to be dangerous on the back, uh, on the on the wings, and hopefully he he his finishing improves. Real Madrid could be dark horses in the Champions League. I, I have no doubt that they could beat these teams that are ranked higher than them when they're playing their A game. But that's the that's the problem with Real Madrid. They have not played their A game consistently or throughout the whole season. But Sergio Ramos does bring me a lot of optimism, a lot of hope for Real Madrid going forward. So I hope I hope I'm excited to see who they play next in the next round. I'm excited to see the matchups if they get any of these great remaining teams in quarterfinals and to see how they do. But all in all, it was a great performance against Atalanta. Super calm performance. Like it didn't look like Real Madrid was stressing. It didn't look like they were ever in doubt of not moving forward. So shout out to Sedan for uh, getting the team ready, and they're on to quarterfinals. But that's the last topic for this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the support. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure to subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting the channel. Make sure to subscribe. Um, appreciate all of you for listening and following the podcast. Um, be uh, on the lookout for episode 39 probably by this weekend or before this weekend um, I think I'm going to touch on the Knicks the Knicks are playing good the Knicks look dangerous um, they lost a heartbreaker two heartbreakers these last few days against Philly and against the Nets but they look dangerous shout out to um, Julius Randle for playing great for showing heart um, Thibodeau has changed that team and also, Damian Lillard's going off. He, he definitely deserves to be in the MVP conversation. Those are some of the topics for the next podcast. So thank you for supporting and stay tuned for episode 39. My name is Ismael San Juan, and I'm out.